experiencing God is uh, something we do every day, whether we realise it or not, because he's there, he's all around us, he's in everything we see, everything we do. Everything that was made was made by him, so even when we're breathing, we're still experiencing God. I'd like to say thank you to our worship and music team. I won't name you by name, but thank you for the work you do. I know you put in a powerful and awesome amount of work each week, and this worship wouldn't be what it is without the input from you guys. Thank you so much. God bless you in it. We appreciate, we love you for what you do. I'm going to be reading from Luke again this morning. We go back to chapter 19, verses 41 to 47. We will have a look at. Um, not necessarily read it all. I'll read it out, but Luke 19 and uh, 41, when I find it. Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over it, saying, If you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come, the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. So Jesus was visibly very upset because he could see that his, the chief priests and the elders had rejected him. The leaders, the so-called spiritual leaders, had rejected him and uh, therefore, because they rejected him, it would also be a, a very uh, a tough time for, for the Jewish people as a whole because they had rejected the Saviour when he was with them. And so, as it turned out, later on, the words that Jesus said came to pass. But then when Jesus had uh, finished um, weeping, he went up into the temple. Verse 46. Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who brought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And as he was teaching daily in the temple, the chief priest, the scribes and the elders of people thought how they were going to destroy him. But they were unable to do anything for all the people were very attentive to hear him. And rightly so. Jesus, when he came into the world, he came into this world to have a personal love relationship with all the people that he came in contact with. That's how he was then, and that's how he is now. He hasn't changed. 
Jesus is still the same as he was then and always will be. He came into the world to have a personal love relationship with everybody. He came to the chief priests and the elders, but they did not accept him. In fact, they rejected him. They were blinded by their religion. They had the law of Moses. They had the Ten Commandments. But I don't think they even, you know, if they, I reckon if uh, Moses had walked in on them at the same, well, along with Jesus, they wouldn't have recognised, uh, I mean, Moses for who he was either. They saw Jesus as a threat to their security. They said, if most of the common people follow after this Jesus, the occupying Romans will feel threatened by him and they will come and destroy us and our holy place and our nation. We've got to do away with him. That which the chief priest and elders feared most was what actually came upon them because they chose to reject Jesus even though he was the Son of God incarnate right there before them. He lived amongst them. The Romans later came and destroyed Jerusalem, just as Jesus said they would. They destroyed the temple too. It was some time later, I'm not sure how many years, but somewhere between 80 and 135 years, in that period of time they actually did that. We know too that Jesus had 12 chosen disciples. Jesus knew that his disciples would abandon him when the Jews finally came to arrest him. He knew that Peter would deny him before before the cock crowed three times. He knew that Peter would deny him three times and he knew that Judas Iscariot would betray him for 30 pieces of silver. You see, Judas, Judas loved money and it, because, and, but unfortunately, it brought him undone. He focused on money for security and personal satisfaction. He was deluded. Judas agreed with the Jewish high priest to portray Jesus so they could arrest Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Satan had entered into the heart of Judas. When Jesus was arrested, Judas came to his senses. He realised just what he had done. He was remorseful, and rightly so. He realised he had betrayed an innocent man to be crucified. Judas did not hate Jesus, but he did not really love Jesus either. Jesus had seen the amazing loving things Jesus did for the people as he preached the good news to the kingdom of God, to multitudes. Judas saw Jesus heal the sick. He saw him heal the blind, the deaf and the lame. He saw Jesus cast out evil spirits and demons. He saw the feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fishes. Judas was a pretender. He did not accept Jesus for who he was. Judas loved only himself. Judas could have, could have repented from what he had done, but he was, so, he was completely overcome by his guilt. If Judas had repented before God, he would have been forgiven. You see, Judas was also unable to ever forgive himself. 
However, if he had received the forgiveness from God, he would then have been able to forgive himself in spite of what he'd done. And that is the same for anyone. doesn't matter what we do. How bad it is we can be forgiven. When God forgives us, then he will enable us to forgive us, to forgive us, for us to forgive ourselves. Judas cast the 30 pieces of silver at the feet of the high priests and the elders. He ran away and hung himself. Judas lost because he would not bring himself to come to terms with Jesus. Peter declared that he would never deny Jesus. At the last supper that Jesus had with the disciples, Jesus said to them, all of you, all of you, my disciples, you will desert me very soon. Jesus said to Peter, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. Peter only had his own strength to stand with Jesus. His willpower was not enough when the test came. When Jesus was arrested, Peter denied having known Jesus ever. Not once, but three times. Then the rooster crowed. Jesus looked at Peter. Peter knew that he had failed Jesus miserably. When Jesus needed Peter the most, Peter failed. Peter ran away like Judas did, and he wept bitterly, and he was very remorseful. But he was re Peter was more than just remorseful. He repented in his, in his heart. Peter loved Jesus and he knew who Jesus was. However, he did not yet understand it had to be this way. Jesus must die on the cross to pay for the sins of mankind, which includes you, you and me. Jesus had to do this. And then Jesus appeared to the disciples after God had raised him up from the grave. Jesus had already forgiven Peter. He drew Peter aside and said to him, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than all these? Peter replied, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, Feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter said, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, Tend my sheep. Again a third time, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because Jesus asked him a third time. Peter replied, Yes, Lord, you know that I do love you. Jesus replied, Feed my sheep. Jesus assembled the disciples again on that. Jesus assembled the disciples for the last time on the day of ascension, the day that he would be taking up to return to heaven. And Jesus instructed his, instructed his disciples for the final time. He said, John the Baptist truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized by the Holy Spirit with fire, not many days from now. Remain in the city of Jerusalem 
until that day comes, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus then ascended up and was gone. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all in one accord together in the upper room. The Holy Spirit fell and arrived like a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house. Tongues of fire ascended on each of them as they sat. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Peter was no longer limited to his own strength, but was now empowered by the Holy Spirit as Jesus promised. Peter stood up to address the crowd before him. There were men gathered together there to celebrate the feast of the Passover from all up, from all over the known world. There were Jews and proselytes. Peter boldly preached the first gospel message after Jesus had left. 3,000 men accepted the gospel, repenting, and were baptised. And so the Church of Jesus Christ was born and founded. It is still growing today over 2,000 years from its birth, as Jesus said it would. The gates of hell are not prevailing against it, just as Jesus also promised. Satan is still trying, but he's not prevailing. Right from the beginning, even after Adam and Eve had fallen from experiencing close relationship with God the Father, the love of God still pursues his fallen creation. God's love for us is eternal. You know as well as I know why Jesus had to die on the cross. He did it to pay the price of our redemption from our sins and all the, and the sins of all mankind. You know as well as I do that Jesus rose from death on Resurrection Day and he appeared to his disciples. He had conquered sin, he had conquered death, and he had conquered hell, and he had conquered Satan, as well as the chief priests and elders, in just three days. On the day of Pentecost, he sent the Holy Spirit, as I said before, to give birth to the church of Jesus Christ, and it happened starting in Jerusalem, and I say, praise God, hallelujah. And here we are today. Glory to God for that. Here we are working together, ups and downs. Ever since this church was founded, people have served here, have gone sent missionaries out, and we're still doing stuff, we're supporting each other, and uh, we have our problems, but we get through it. We're here today because of what happened on the day of Pentecost and what Jesus did originally on the cross, the finished work of the cross. It's done, and here we are today. That's something to be thankful for. You know, life is getting harder by the day. I'm getting a bit negative here, but that's all right. So much neg negativity in our world today as the end times are uh, approaching. There is not a philosopher... There is not any form of religious leader of any religion. There is not even one prominent scientist that has any good news about the future of planet Earth. Doom and gloom everywhere. 
coronavirus, for example, it's bad news. We don't know what tomorrow may bring. There are still good things happening every day, thank God, and they will. But if Jesus warned us that the end times would be traumatic, but he said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians assures us that Jesus is coming back. Jesus tells us in Luke 21, 7 to 36, <clears throat> that he is, he is coming again. Everything about Jesus is good news because he is faithful and true. How good is your relationship with Jesus, really? When you wake up each morning, is your focus on Jesus? Or is it immediately on the cares of the world and everyday life? Start the day with Jesus and put on the, the protective armour he has given to you to face another day. Ephesians chapter 6, which Steve Ford spoke to us about a few weeks ago. How true that is. About four years ago, the Lord spoke to me one Saturday afternoon. I'm not bragging about this or where this awesome experience, but I am thankful that Jesus gave me a revelation that he wants his people to seek him like never before. He wants his people to be ready for him when he comes, and he'll come suddenly. Be prepared and watch and pray. I fear that I will arrive and some of my people will not be ready for me, Jesus said. If my people do not walk with me now, they will not be ready for me when I come suddenly. Please be ready. I have shared this with a few congregations and some people. Why should we be ready for Jesus? If we love him, if we love him, we will make ourselves ready. So many of us at times we walk half-heartedly with Jesus, just going to church each week half-heartedly, feeling depressed and negative, not, having, not giving Jesus sufficient focus or service, bogged down by the cares of this world. Now we've all been there and done that, and we might do it again a few more times. But, you know, there is a joy to be found in Jesus alone. There is a peace to be found in Jesus alone that you want, we won't find anywhere else. We do not long know how long our lives are going to last on planet Earth. What happens when death comes knocking on the door? If I die in 15 years' time, or maybe next week, Am I ready to meet Jesus? Every day people of all ages die. Are you ready for Jesus? Now is always the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not last week, but today. Friends, if you are like me, you will have loved ones you, are, you truly care about. Families, relatives, special friends. Some of these, many of these people are not yet ready to meet Jesus. For whatever reason, 
They're not ready to meet Jesus is the, is the problem. And like me, you don't, don't seem to be able to get to listen, get them to listen to you when you want to talk about the Lord. Relationships are very personal, they're very private, they're very special. And it's so hard to talk to loved ones at times about the things that really matter. matter. I was praying about this two weeks ago and the Lord laid it on my heart to write a letter to several people that are special to me, people who don't know Jesus, write a personal letter and tell them why and how I know who Jesus is. Give them my testimony in writing and invite them to come and meet with Jesus so they too can have eternal life and relationship with Jesus when he comes back to receive his own. Do we love Jesus enough to send letters to our loved ones so that they will be saved too? If each one of us, if we did, if we say, for example, hypothetical, we sent five letters to five loved ones, if four of those letters are rejected, well, at least we have tried. If one or more of those letters brings that person to Jesus, there will be rejoicing in heaven and on earth. This is an opportunity for us all to serve Jesus. I now have some letters to process and write and then mail them and I'll be doing it with fear and trembling. And it'll take me some time, I'll certainly be praying about it. But I invite you all to join the Lord in this activity and God will bless you for it. You know, there is something very special about a handwritten personal letter. Emails are good, but they're not as personal as a personal handwritten letter. A good letter will always get the attention of the person it is addressed to. The Apostle Paul wrote many letters because of Paul's letters, because Paul's letters were anointed by the Holy Spirit, they achieved the results that God desired. Consider what the Lord has achieved in the lives of multitudes who have seriously read a Gideon's Bible that was handed to them. This is not a Gideon's Bible, this is a Bible, this is a word of God, it's the greatest book of letters, the greatest piece of literature that was ever written because it's written by the hand of God, influenced by the Holy Spirit through men, as they are moved by the Holy Spirit, recorded the scriptures. Now, as Dick got up, those Gideon Bibles, I don't know how he did it, but I admire him for it. Who knows what the end result of that, that will be. So this is something, folks, we can think about. And I think anyone can write a letter and say, oh, I don't like writing, I can't write things. With God's help, you can. I'm just going to pray now. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, you know <clears throat> all things. We thank you that we can meet here this morning. Thank you for the events of this weekend. Thank you for <clears throat> the visitors that are here this morning. And Lord, we ask and pray 
may we look to you to serve you in whatever way possible. But Lord, if, we, if you want us to write letters to loved ones because we can't talk to them, we know, Lord, it'll, it'll get a result. Some people will be hear, hear the gospel and some people will be saved. And we can rejoice together. I want to say, to join with me now as we say the Lord's Prayer together. I love the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and give us our trespasses. As we not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you.